0: this is the voice podcast network
1: welcome back to the turf and burn podcast with co-host caroline and dylan so this is our fifth episode and there has been so many playoffs that have started or about to start that we're going to catch up on starting with the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. We finally have the bracket. We finally figured out that Dylan's New York Islanders are going to the playoffs. Um, Let's go ahead and start off with our playoff predictions. So night one, so just to preface, today is April 17th, Monday, when we're recording. So we actually have a couple of Game 1s that are going to start off tonight. So when this comes out on Wednesday, you'll already know that there's going to be some some series where teams are in the lead already with games played. But we're going to start off with the Eastern Conference. Dylan, why don't you give us who you think are winners for each um, matchup is going to be and the number of games. So first off, we can start with Boston Bruins versus Florida Panthers. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think it's almost sort of like a fun little anecdote that the Boston Bruins are playing their game one here on Patriots Day. So I think Boston's that's gonna carry the good juju for them. They're winning this series against Oh Florida. I didn't know that. Easy. Today is pa- I don't even it know is. what
1: Patriots Day is. It's
0: apparently a Boston holiday. So I know it's supposed to be a countrywide holiday, but I think Boston has really just adopted it as their thing. Got it. They do the marathon. The Boston Red Sox oh, are doing something fun today as well. Okay, I think yeah, they did college free admission game for the Red Sox today. But I think Boston has some good vibes going for them today. I think Boston is going to win this series handedly in five games, relatively simple and easy against the Florida Panthers. Do you want to go first on yours, or do you want me to go through all four?
1: I'll I'll go next on mine. Um, Yeah, I'm actually pretty interested to see the Brad Marchand Matthew Kachuk showdown. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be nastiness on both sides. I said this previous episode – I don't see the Florida Panthers beating the Boston Bruins at all either. I think they can get either one or two games max. Also, can we talk about their goalies? It's Boston Bruins. They have a 1A and 1B in first Linus Olmark and then Jeremy Swayman. So even if one is hot, they can rest that guy and then play the next. And both of them have been so good. And Linus Olmark is really leading the Vezina Trophy conversation. Florida Panthers – Sergei Bobrovsky. First of all, he's getting paid like ten plus million dollars, and he's not been good. And they're relying on Alex Lyon, who has played like literally zero NHL playoff games and wasn't even really an NHL goaltender until this season when the Panthers were forced to turn to him. And I just don't think the Panthers' depth is there. I think the. I also agree with you. I think Bruins in five.
0: I also think with Florida, you have to worry about the fact that maybe they were pushing. And this could just be fake, but they're pushing so hard to make the playoffs that that was their yeah. sort of big accomplishment of, all right, we put all our eggs in the basket, we went full out, we've made the playoff spot, but shoot, now we have to face Boston, who set literally every possible record imaginable for this season. So,
1: One thing that is interesting is Patrice Bergeron' his status is uncertain for game one tonight. So says he's out with illness and a minor injury. I think he's was...
0: going through the whole clubhouse. <laughs> there's something that... Boston has something going through their clubhouse right now. Oh,
1: is... interesting. So that is something to consider, but there—it's the playoffs. They're gonna play through it. It's the Boston Bruins. Like nothing's really gonna stop them. Like we've heard about, for example, Zdeno Chara in the 2019 playoffs playing through a broken jaw. Patrice Bergeron has played through a punctured lung. I do not recommend, but like <laughs> they already know. So this is minor in comparison. But yeah, I'm gonna say. Sorry, Panthers. I mean, they've been hot coming in. They've been playing playoff-style games for the past month just to get in. But Boston has been on, what, like a six or seven-game winning streak? They've been playing playoff-style hockey since game one of the 82 regular season. So I'm going to go, yeah, Bruins in five. Next up, we have the Carolina Hurricanes versus the New York Islanders. And this is our podcast rivalry matchup because I'm a big Carolina Hurricanes fan. As y'all know, Dylan is a big New York Islanders fan. So, Dylan, why don't you kick us off?
0: Okay, do you want the hard answer or do you want the, like, head answer?
1: I need – just give us both.
0: Well, like, I think what's going to really happen is Carolina and Seven – But I don't want to be the type of person that comes on the show because you're going to say Carolina's winning. So I'm going to go Islanders in six. I say we get it done in a tight matchup. I think Matt Barzell is supposed to return, Um, supposedly, allegedly. As a New York sports fan, we've grown to not believe it until we see it. So I'm not going to believe that he's playing until – well, technically, by the time this comes out, you'll know if he's actually playing or not. But I think the Islanders, who've been great at home this year, might go down two to nothing and then rally off four consecutive victories, is how I'm going to say this series goes. Wow. Islanders, four to two over Carolina, is what my heart says. And what my head says is probably Carolina in seven.
1: I'm going to go Carolina in six. <laughs> I do think it helps that Matt Barzell is back skating with the team. He hasn't played in actual games yeah. for forever, so that never helps. I do think an X factor is Ilya Sorokin. Um, I think he can play lights out. I think he can steal a couple of games. I, I Here's my thing. Carolina does have some key injuries right now. Like, for example, they got Max Pacioretty and then literally in – the first couple games he played he's out perhaps with another torn acl on or another really major injury and then andre svechnikov one of their star players one of their key goal scorers is also out with a torn acl um i actually don't know if max vetrody is a torn acl but definitely a big issues there so a lot of their key players have been out um but I would say their goaltenders and Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta can stand up to Ilya Sorokin, and I just don't think the like I don't think the Islanders' top players are gonna step up as much, and they're gonna really try and rely on that depth. But as we can see, Hurricanes and Islanders played a played a really tight game, I believe two weeks ago, and it was two one Hurricanes, and the Canes are capable of playing that tight lockdown defense they have a really good decor in Jacob Slavin Brett Pesci and they also have that offense with Shane Goss to spare and Brent Burns, so I think is going to be an x factor in this series um I'm gonna believe in the Hurricanes they haven't missed they have made it out of the first round of the playoffs since 2019 when they first got in And they've actually played the Islanders in the past, where they swept them. So nice. So it's time to reverse
0: the fortune. (laughs) But Vegas does agree with you for what our Vegas odds are worth. Carolina is the biggest favorite of any team. Really, they are two to one odds favorites to take the series. I would not say that that
1: versus Boston. Like even like Boston has a have. Smaller odds than Carolina Hurricanes
0: minus 205 is the biggest series favorites. The Islanders are plus 165 for all of you gambling people. I would say
1: this Um, one is the one I'm least sure about. Or actually, no. This is... Yeah, I I would say I don't see that big of a difference. I think the Islanders can really turn it up into a different gear when it comes playoff time. I do think they have struggled to get in into the playoffs. (laughs) And they were like... Unwillingly coming into the playoffs, but I think they can. That's why I'm giving them two games. All right,
0: I will fact check myself because that website was incorrect. Thank you, NBC Sports. (laughs) Boston Bruins are at three to one odds favorites, so they are indeed the favorite. Okay, I was gonna say I was like, wow. But Carolina is. That's still
1: that's still a big that's still a bit pretty big disparity, though I will say. Yes. Next up in the Eastern Conference, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning that were. Um, champions two years in a row, then made it to the finals last year. The Toronto Maple Leafs that haven't made it out of the first round for literally decades. This is going to be an interesting one. Dylan, your thoughts.
0: I've learned to trust playoff resumes and going off of just these two teams, all both of you just mentioned, make the playoffs all the time. One of these two teams succeeds in the playoffs all the time. So, for pretty obvious reasons, there not looking at the 2023 season or 2022 2023 which i probably should be but i'm not i'm just going based off the history that toronto hasn't gotten out of the first round in a long time tampa seemingly almost always makes it out of the first round so nice and simple tampa and let's say six it's gonna be a nice solid series but tampa and six over toronto
1: really i'm gonna go uh okay here's the thing like again, like we were saying, if we just consider regular season, I would be taking the Leafs all the yeah. way. But they've had so much trouble. <laughs> and here's the thing, too: obviously, that first round drop, making it out of the first round, that's gonna end eventually. You well, don't it doesn't know have what.
0: To. <laughs> the Cubs went 115 years without winning a World Series, so curses do exist.
1: Right, but this is the first round, <laughs> not the World Series. But I'm saying that's gonna end eventually, and the Tampa Bay Lightning are also gonna stop, you know, being. Juggernauts. Eventually, we just don't know when. If we look at regular season alone, I would have taken the Toronto Maple Leafs, Mm -hmm. and I think they've really improved at the deadline with getting Brian O'Reilly, Nolachari, and other depth players like um, Sam Lafferty And but the Tampa Bay Lightning got Tanner Janot They always play with a meanness to them, and they have kind of. I mean, in comparison to recent years, they've struggled in the regular season this season. But with the Lightning, they know they don't care about the regular season. They just need to make it to the playoffs. That's all that matters to them. And when they go into Anneli Arena, like, that atmosphere is electric. But they're also really good at winning on the road. And like you were mentioning, I think it's so hard to not consider the playoff histories between these two. I think Toronto has a really good chance. I think this is honestly their best chance to make it out of the first round. In the past, like... I don't know, twenty years, but I'm gonna go lightning in seven.
0: Can I make a bold prediction of a big time goal from Ryan O'Reilly at some point during this series? I don't know why. Just name I could see in that. I don't
1: think that's a hot take. I think that's actually very
0: No, like I'm saying like a game five winner. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, like an OT. We winner. we
0: come back to this in a week and we're talking about like the biggest moments of the first round, I think that's your big moment, even though I'm saying they lose wow. the series. So I'm gonna knowledge. say Corey
1: Perry wins an O T in one of the days. Interesting. Yeah. Corey Perry really stuffs it up for the playoffs. But I think this Hudson is gonna fashion be fashion
0: does too. But we didn't even mention
1: him <laughs> just now. No. But well he hasn't played any playoff games.
0: Yeah. It's going, <laughs> that's like looking ahead, he's going <laughs>
1: Got to. It. I'm talking about I'm talking about proven NHL veteran Corey Perry. But I think this is gonna be a nasty series. But again, I think the lightning, like they have just some nasty players that are skilled, like I mean, we mentioned Tanner Janot, but like Pat Maroon, like Alex Kalorn. Um, Brayden Point. Like, they have a grit to them, um, and they have a good size. Eric Chernak, Victor Hedman. And I think the Leafs have a reputation of being able to get pushed around a little mm-hmm. bit, especially in the playoffs. So I'm, I want to see how their star players step up because, you know, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner have historically not played very well in the playoffs. And it's been, like, William Nylander and John Tavares that have had to step up. So – I'm interested to see.
0: Vegas does have Toronto as a slight favorite in this series, which is interesting. That is but. interesting.
1: I guess cuz they have played significantly better mm-hmm. um during the regular season. I do yeah. think it's also interesting because I think the Toronto Maple Leafs I believe they're I don't have the um let me see what their what their power play percentage is. But I think it it's interesting to look at um okay, so their current power play is at 26% second overall in the league mm-hmm. and which means that that means it's good that it's firing on like their team is firing on all aspects but that's not necessarily saying it's a bad sign but you got to get your goals 5 on 5 in the playoffs like refs don't call anything in yeah. the playoffs so it's really important that you're you're able to you know play hard get to the nitty gritty areas like get into the corners and win your goals that way and, like, earn them versus on the power play. And finally, our last matchup in the Eastern Conference, we have the New Jersey Devils versus the New York Rangers. New Jersey Devils that honestly surprised making it into the playoffs. Like, we always thought that they were improving for years and years now, but I did not see them getting second in the, in their division in the Metro Division. I didn't see them giving the Canes a run for their money and almost winning the Metro Division. Um, so it's a very fun, very fast, energized team with no expectations versus the New York Rangers where it's, it's the Rangers organization, like you're playing on Broadway and they made some really key deadline acquisitions in Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. So, Dylan, who do you got winning this matchup?
0: So I think that comment you just made is really interesting because coming from the tri-state area, I sort of know what the buzz is around sort of New York sports, and it's that the Rangers are that high-key, top-ticket, playing at Madison Square Garden, rah-rah team, young, had the first overall draft picks a couple times in a row and developed this really young-styled team that now is finally, like, I'm not going to say in their prime yet because I think they're only all, all those kids around, like, 25 to 23 years old or so but it is sort of that area where this is what the Rangers quote-unquote rebuild it for to have this solid really good team and then when you have the kids come up and develop really well then you go out and make the big marquee trade deadline acquisitions that you talked about to now really have I don't know if it's fair to say championship or bust for the New York Rangers this year but I really do think it is pedal to the metal Rangers fans will be disappointed if they are sent home early in this tournament However, the Devils are freaking good this year. Like, they're really, really good. Vegas even favors the Devils in this series. Minus 120 versus the Rangers are split even at 100. For gambling people who know what that means, go ahead and take with that what you will. But I do think the Rangers win this series just because they have the playoff experience from the years past. I think Rangers in five.
1: Wow, I'm going in a completely different direction. (laughs) I'm going to go Devils in seven. So the reason why, first of all, in the NHL playoffs, I would say there's so much more variety or, like, variation Mm -hmm. compared to, like, all the other leagues. There's always a darling team where people are like, this came out of nowhere, that make it far, that make it to, like, the the Eastern Conference Finals, like, Final Four. I think it's the Devils. I think there's going to be... Although, very... are they
0: at C- like they were good this year though?
1: Yeah, but I think it's still Cinderella team. Their first time making it in the playoffs uh-huh. in so long. Like you, you're they're being led by what twenty two year old Jack Hughes. So many people on that team are so young. You have Luke Hughes who just came in who just made his debut actually and actually scored his first um, NHL goal this past week. Um, but you have like Nico Heisher. Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, like I mentioned, um, and then Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood, which is, you know, that's the only thing. Like, if we're going to take goalies, like, I believe in Igor Mm Shosturkin and also, like, the New York Rangers have Adam Fox and Patrick Kane. So it's hard not to take the Rangers. But I think the Rangers have a lot of pressure on them. I think there's a lot of expectations, like we were mentioning there is so much going for that organization where they expect to make it out of the first round. Devils, they're fast-paced. It's hard to contain them. And they're kind of just going off of vibes. <laughs> and when you're clicking so well, I think the atmosphere in the locker room is really great. Yeah. I think that team really likes each other. And sometimes that's all you kind of need to, to, to make it through. So I think, it's, I think they're going to make it. And I'm going to go Devils in seven. Interesting. Yeah, well, now let's take a look at the Western Conference. So we're going to start off with the Colorado Avalanche versus the Seattle Kraken. And last week we talked about how in Seattle's second season, it's amazing that they're going to be making it into the playoffs. And originally we were like, maybe they're playing the Oilers. Nope, they're playing the Avalanche. And to be honest, that might be worse. (laughs) But But I will say, so Seattle, again, similar with Devils, Absolutely no expectations, even less so than the doubles. They're going in like just having fun and they're being led by Matty Benitez. But also, I wouldn't say that they have a top star in their lineup. Yeah. They really are just a very solid team with a lot of good depth. I would say they have a their entire team of forwards is like second or third liners, mostly second liners that play good defense. Very. Very disciplined, um, but I wouldn't say there's any stars, so that's very interesting when you have when you're going against Mika Rantanen and Nathan McKinnon, um, of the Avs. But the Avs do have some key, key injuries, and they did lose a lot of players from their Stanley Cup roster from last summer. And Notably, Gabriel Landeskog probably won't be playing in the playoffs, and Kel McCarr is still out, and Josh Manton, so they're. I know Josh Manson and Kel McCarr are still game time decisions for game one. They're questionable to return, but that's a big chunk of your offense. That's a big chunk of your defense as well. So I will say I'm not gonna count Seattle out that much. But with that being said, Dylan, what are your what's your what are your thoughts?
0: I'll be really brief. I am gonna count Seattle out. <laughs> it's a great job they made the playoffs, and as we keep mentioning it's their second full season. In the league, so just like a congrats on making the playoffs, but you're about to get smoked. Like, and, Like, And they shouldn't, you can't be disappointed, because I don't think if you told Seattle fans entering the year, you're going to make the playoffs. I feel like that's already a yeah. success
1: right. feel-good season, yeah. and this
0: is sort of the launching off that, okay, we made the playoffs this year. Next year's the year that, okay, now we want to win a round, win two rounds. Right. Versus you're, not to do a pun, but you're running into an avalanche of a team,
1: <laughs> and...
0: I think, like, the train's coming, and I doubt that Seattle Kraken are the team that's going to be able to stop that train.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Vegas agrees. Avalanche are 3-1 favorites to win this series. Lock it in. Avalanche in five.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to go Avalanche in five. <laughs> I just... How do you stop Nathan McKinnon? And also, I really doubt <laughs> the Kraken's goalie situation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Philip Grubauer. And I will say, though... Um, Philip Group Philip Grubauer used to play for the um, Avs. So there's that, but I just So yeah. they know
0: his weaknesses.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there there is that, but truly and I don't think they're starting Martin Jones in the play. Martin Jones has kind of had a resurgence in a career. He's just such an odd goalie, but I just yeah. How did I think this team they're just make
0: the
1: I just think they're just happy to be there. Yeah. Um so I'm also going to go Avs in 5. I think to go from Stanley Cup winners and lose in the first round after mm-hmm. having that like killer instinct and Nathan McKinnon, like, I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Next up, we have Dallas Stars versus Minnesota Wild, which is, a lot of people are calling this the most boring of matchups, but I actually really disagree. I think it is going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be tight. I think it's this is going to be the fight to the death. I think if there's going to be a, it's the, like the nastiest of series, I think it's going to... Be even worse than Bruins versus Panthers. I think this is there Whoever comes out on top, I think there's going to be major injuries. I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna have a long playoff road ahead because their players are coming out of this banged up. What are your thoughts? Still, I'll
0: let you go first because I know you're the semi unbiased <laughs> opinion, totally not <laughs> biased opinion when it comes to this matchup coming mm. from Texas, but. Mm. I did make the bold prediction a couple weeks ago that Minnesota is going to be the team that comes out of the West. Right. When we tell who our predictions are, that's not the case anymore. But to keep things interesting on the podcast, since you said Carolina's winning on the other side against my Islanders, I will say that Minnesota defeats Dallas, just to stick it to you and see what happens. (laughs) But do I actually believe that's happening? Probably not. But I will go Minnesota in seven in a very physical series, as you're mentioning.
1: Yeah, well you'd be surprised to hear Dylan that I actually am a fan of the Wild, not as much as I am of the Dallas Stars. So, and I you know, I wonder when the last time two teams that played against each other their main color was green. <laughs>
0: Because As soon as you started mentioning a stat, I was like, okay, how am I going to find this stat? I don't even know where to begin (laughs) to try to find that.
1: Well, and it's interesting because the the Minnesota, you see the Minnesota North Stars, and then they relocated to Dallas, and then it's the Dallas Stars. And then even now with their reverse retro jerseys, they still brought back the, like, North Stars colors or, like, logos. So I think that's interesting, and it's the battle of the greens. But, and I very support Minnesota. I love Marc Andre Fleury. He's like the best. He's the nicest, kindest goalie. Love Karel Kaprizov. He brings a ton of energy. I think there's some really, really underplayed, underrated players on the wild, like Joel Erickson Eck. You can never count out Ryan Hartman, even though he was just <laughs> um, fined or suspended one game. Um, but I think it's going to be Dallas that wins it in seven. I think Dallas, you have Jason Robertson. Who's taken his game to a whole nother level this year? I think you have Jake Ottinger, who is the younger of the two goalies, if it's Philip Gustison or mark andre Fleury. I think he plays lights out. He's always like such a good player, so dialed in. We saw with um their series versus Calgary. I believe that was last last year, where Jake Ottinger was the only reason why the Dallas Stars were taking it to game seven. I think there's going to be some key players that can really be X factors for the stars. For example, Joe Pavelski, he is a playoff player. Like he had that experience with the stars. He's so great at working that net front presence. I think you also have um, Mason Marchment who is a really gritty player. We saw that with um, the Panthers playoffs last season and Max Domi. Um, deadline acquisition he's actually been playing very well and also we kind of saw in the bubble when the stars made it all the way to the stanley cup finals this is 2020 against um the lightning miro haskinen had his breakout like he became a star and i think he's just gonna take that defense to another level and so yeah i'm gonna go stars in seven
0: all right so i know that vegas is primary color is gold but half of that helmet is kind of green so do you consider it's definitely that
1: not green it
0: looks kind of green because i would say that then 2021 we did see vegas versus minnesota in round one but other than that i'm currently as far back their as their colors are definitely not like, green there are like, no other green teams. it's like golden
1: matchups. black and red and like it, silver
0: maybe i'm just colorblind the other side of their helmet looks kind of green if I can find a good photo of this, um.
1: I'm gonna completely deny that and say I don't think they've ever worn any green. I'm literally checking this right now because I'm actually in shock. Dylan, they wore gold helmets.
0: It, no, I'm saying like the logo. That unless that's whatever. Speaking of Vegas, they are also in the that's tournament gray. right now. Whatever. They're also in the tournament. We should probably get to discussing them as well. It's Vegas versus Winnipeg. I think this is another one of those series. Congrats on making it Winnipeg. You're about to get smoked as well. I do have Vegas making it all the way to the Stanley Cup playoff finals.
1: Wow, this is new. I
0: know, yeah. This is new information for you. But um, I just really like this team because I was talking to other NHL fans and they said that Vegas isn't that good this year, and they could see them getting upset. And of course, they said Vegas
1: isn't that good this year. Yes,
0: they said that they're going to get upset, which, of course, as soon as I hear that, I'm immediately going to start rooting for Vegas to see what happens. And I think Vegas in six.
1: I think you're the outside of people that actually live in Vegas, I think you're the only Golden Knights fan because Vegas is has turned into if we're talking Cinderella story, we're talking (laughs) Golden Knights in their playoff run in their inaugural season but now they've turned into a business machine where they just (laughs) like cut players out they trade them within one season like they don't have any loyalty to kind of sounds like
0: the Mets not gonna lie
1: (laughs) but they like they've become the big bad like Vegas Golden Knights where it's business there's business, business, business all the time. So people really don't like the Vegas Golden Knights. I remember last year when they made when they did not make the playoffs, people rejoiced. They were so happy that they didn't make it. Um, I would also say, I don't want to like I don't want to count out the Jets only because of Connor Hellebuck. Mm-hmm. I think he. I mean, he won the Vesna. He can also play lights out for them, steal a couple of games. Yeah. I think it's also interesting because the Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, they were starting the season with Logan Thompson, who's who hasn't played since early March and is injured. And then they got Jonathan Quick from the LA Kings, who is not 2012, 2014 Jonathan Quick when he was won the Con Smythe when he brought the Kings to their three rings. Like that is not current yeah. Jonathan Quick, and he is not. He's had he did have like back to back shutouts when he first got traded, but he's really not that. Now they're writing Laurent Brassois, who, if we're talking previous goalies, he was he used to be the backup for the Jets. So there's that, and he ha- I think his record right now is seven oh and three, so he hasn't lost a regular season or sorry, a regular season game in sixty minutes, but he's also only played ten games. And when you're considering him versus Connor Hellebuck, I think we give the edge to Connor Hellebuck. With that being said. There's just the Jets. I think this is the last run for that like Blake Wheeler, um, core of players. Mark Shifley. I think there's just been Rick Bonus has really tried to do all that he can with that team. I don't know if they get it together. They've it again. It doesn't seem like they want to be in the playoffs. I'm like <laughs> I don't think they really deserve a spot. Vegas. Like, if we're talking bounce back seasons, they're number one in their division. They really, really turned it back around with their 111 points, led by Jack Eichel, who <laughs> has never played a playoff game before. Come so, on, just
0: join the dark side, say they're going to win. No. Oh, I am. Yeah. But
1: I'm interested. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, Jack Eichel has never played a playoff game before. And I think this is his spotlight. I think he's going to tell all the haters that this is his time to shine.
0: Are you one of the haters?
1: For Jack Eichel. Yeah. I liked him on the Sabres. Now I don't like him on the Knights. <laughs> I'm not I didn't love how that whole injury situation turned out with his surgery. I think he had a right as a player to exercise that. I think it was more how he treated Buffalo mm-hmm. after because, you know, I love Buffalo and and then how he didn't really play very well. And then I just think he has a big ego. But, you know, that's me. But also I think they had a really good deadline pickup in Ivan Barbashev. And I really want to see, like, Chandler Stevenson um, once again continue his development, continue his breakout. And, uh, yeah, I I am going to take the Knights. I'm going to take the Knights in six as well. Let's go.
0: And for those who are keeping track, that is the fourth team that Caroline has said she loves already on the podcast today, <laughs> from Carolina, Dallas, Minnesota, and now Buffalo. But I think yeah. it's just an anti-Islanders thing at this point.
1: <laughs> no, I like the Islanders more than the Knights and the Jets, so there's that. Um, and last but not least, our final matchup in the Edmonton Oilers versus the LA Kings, This one, if y'all have kept up, you know that I have the Oilers winning the Stanley Cup. So naturally, I'm going to have them winning this. I'm going to go, okay, so Oilers and Kings faced off last season in the postseason. And Oilers won in seven, I believe. And honestly, it was a tough series. Mm -hmm. And Kings have gotten significantly better with Kevin Fiala. um, And then, but Oilers have two. And they both made, and Kings also got Jonas Corpola. Corpusalo from the Columbus Blue Jackets as a new goalie to replace Jonathan Quake and he hasn't had the best season this year or last year but if y'all remember he was the reason why like Columbus was able to a sweep the lightning um, in the 2019 playoffs and then in the 2020 bubble playoffs very first game when they went to like I think it was four overtimes. Mm -hmm. He made like 80 plus saves in game one and was standing on his head. And I think (laughs) he can do that. However, it's Connor McDavid we're talking about. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I never count Connor McDavid out of anything. Uh That man, it doesn't matter if he has no team around him. He will single-handedly, like will the Oilers, pass the first round. And very underrated player this season is Brian Nugent Hopkins who I believe made it to the 100 um, – actually, I don't know if he made it to the 100-point mark, but they have Leon Dreisaitl, obviously. They have – oh, he did. He did make it to um, past 100. He got 104 points. But they also really upgraded their defense in Matthias Ekholm, which was a big sticking factor for them previously. Again, I do think in terms of goalies, it's Stuart Skinner versus Jonas Corpus Allo. Stuart Skinner has been playing well since March; like he hasn't lost in um, just like regular playing time in sixty minutes since March. But I do give the edge to Corpus Allo. But again, with that being said, I'm going to go. I'm going to Oilers in six.
0: I think, and unless you're going to tell me you do have a bias towards the Oilers, you've just been very Oilers confident in this team now for a month or so, so I'm just going to confirm that you're going to be right on this. I believe that you're, I have no reason to doubt that you've biased in this matchup, hopefully, (laughs) I I like both teams,
1: so there's that.
0: So I think I'll go with you then and say that Oilers and Six, just because your confidence in them has made me a little confident that you're actually going to be right on this one. I will say, I did
1: think about Oilers and Seven because I think the Kings are really, really good, and they have very exciting young. And they also have – it's shut down players like Anze Kopitar Mm -hmm. and Philip Deneau, who – but who can shut down Connor McDavid?
0: I think even if it's shortened games, and like five games or six games, each game individually will be really close. Really long, oh. yeah.
1: I see. Well, now that we've gone through the first round, Dylan, I want to hear your updated thoughts on who's going to make the Stanley Cup Finals. Because clearly you no longer think it's Bruins and Wild.
0: I don't. As much as I'd love... Oh, love is not a good word. As much as I think... Bruins have a decent shot they're going to knock off Florida they're then going to knock off Tampa Bay then they run into who I think is going to eventually be the Stanley Cup winner the New York Rangers and I think that's a really interesting New York versus Boston matchup that's going to happen what like three four weeks from now by the time this all plays Mm -hmm. out I think the Rangers make the Stanley Cup playoff finals I don't know why
1: that's your
0: I, winner. I, yeah, I think the Rangers win it all. They defeat Boston in the semifinals, and then they go on to beat Vegas in the finals. Wow,
1: how many games do you have them winning in And when in, in the Rangers versus Golden Knights showdown? So
0: the Vegas Knights had more points than the Rangers in the regular season, which means they would have home field advantage. I think I have this <laughs> rightly. What, ice <laughs> home ice advantage. Sorry. Same um, thing, I got what you meant. And then... So that would mean the Rangers would host games three, four, and five. if I have this correctly, right? It goes, or they would do
1: three. They would do three, four, and six. six. Yeah,
0: because it goes two, 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 one, one, one. 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 Yeah. So Rangers in six, winning at home in front of a sold-out Madison Square Garden. Wow. Where the entrance ticket price will be around five thousand dollars because that's how New York is going to work. I thought it was going to be more.
1: Apparently Just to New get York Knicks, it, really? it was like 20000 for, I don't know if it was for like, but what seats those were, but I'm sure those were like the best seats, but still. All
0: right. I'm going to say Rangers in six. Wow. Over the Vegas Golden Knights after defeating Boston in the semifinals. And then I'll say, I'll say, or no, because I already said Minnesota loses in round one. I was trying to make my original prediction. Still no, but you said Minnesota
1: sense. won in round one after I said the start. Oh, okay.
0: So Minnesota, when oh, they face Colorado. Minnesota versus Vegas in the Western Finals, and then Vegas wins, and then Boston versus the Rangers in the Eastern Mm -hmm. Final, and then Rangers beat Vegas in the Finals. Done.
1: Mm -hmm. No uh, logic behind it. I'm going to stick – you know, I am a loyal person, and I don't switch around. I'm not – I don't flip. (laughs) I'm sticking with Tampa Bay and Oilers in my final, and I'm going to go Oilers in seven. This um, is think, a lot more
0: simple than mine.
1: Well, I think my path it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be Tampa Bay versus Hurricanes um, in the Eastern Conference Final. And I'm going to go Oilers versus Avs yeah. in the Western Conference Finals. Actually, though.
0: Wow, you're betting against your own Dallas Stars? I mean, yeah, I can't No, that's what I was going to say.
1: I was going to say I might do Oilers versus Stars. I can't. It's gonna be one of those, but that's what that's what I'm gonna take. Honestly, I might take Oilers and Stars as the Western Conference matchup yeah. because I think Avs are beaten up, and I'm I am gonna yeah I'm gonna do that instead. Well, now that we covered all, we in depth covered the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. So let's move on to another sport in the NBA playoffs. We'll do this quickly, um, but. I want to know your thoughts on the games that have been played currently and also how you think your playoff predictions are going because I know you currently you had the Sixers beating the Nets, but I don't fully remember who you had in your finals.
0: Okay, so I'm glad you remember it that way, because that's not what I said. I said that the Nets would destroy the 76ers, because I said, Foof. Oh, yeah, I because said, you said Harden. Philly. Still, I said, Philly's you're gonna... so right.
1: Sorry, <laughs> I got it the wrong way. Oh, I, no. I was debating letting that fly, and you just like, oh, like, yeah, for sure. That's you were, what <laughs> like, saying you wanted to see Nets take it to, to James Harden. Yeah, okay, I do remember. After Sorry, one I got game, I wish
0: yet. I had a mulligan on that one, but wow. it, I don't think I can now <laughs> flip-flop on that prediction as well. So I'll just say that the Nets had a horrific game in their first yeah. game, and we moved on and we turn the page. Um, wow. Your Knicks looked really good, though. They so congrats. did. congrats on that one. They
1: did. And you know what? My Nuggets looked good, too, and that's who I have winning the entire thing. They blew the Timberwolves out of the water 109 to 80. We talked about the Timberwolves in depth and everything that was going on. But wow, almost a 30 game or sorry, 30 point disparity between them. And what I really want to talk about are the Sacramento Kings beating the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. Because they got their first playoff victory in 17 years. And honestly i could see them making a run i could see them beating the warriors i could see them making it far they've had this i was doing some research on this and especially with what we've been talking about cinderella teams a lot of these cinderella teams that go far have something to rally around mm-hmm. for example with the st louis blues it was playing like um the gloria goal song and Sacramento has this light the beam movement where it's like a beam of purple light that happens following a home win where the king sign outside the stadium lights up. And I think this is, there's been a lot of posters saying like light the beam, like the fans love it. They love seeing the at-home celebrations. I want to know your thoughts. Do you think this can get them far into the playoffs?
0: As much as I would love it to. And we love Come back, feel good, heartwarming stories. Yeah. You're running into the arguably greatest postseason team of the last decade. Yeah. Like not this individual Warriors team, but just like pie, how yeah. good this core has been yeah. over the last decade. I know Sacramento is the favorite by seeding and that they're the three right, versus the six. Yeah. But I think if you're a Warriors fan, you've been through so much over the last decade, you're not worried by a 1-0 series lead Sacramento feel-good story, lighting the beam, but then you get to face Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and uh, here's
1: juggernaut. the juggernaut. <laughs> wow. No, nope, I have the—I support the Kings all the way. Let's go, Kings! Because <laughs> here's the thing, too. Like, for example, I think about the Carolina Hurricanes, and when they unveiled their bunch of jerks mm-hmm. slogan, and then they started doing their—they um, called it the skull clap or the— like take warning where they were they were mm-hmm. doing their claps and their celebrations after home wins, and they would be like dunking a basketball <laughs> on ice, or like they would be doing like a NASCAR race, like they would just do like a mm-hmm. an ice sprint. I don't know, just like fun celebrations, like the bunch bunch of. Yeah, oh gosh, bunch of jerks. They finally made it to the playoffs after like a 10-plus year playoff drought and then made it all the way to the Final Four. And I think this is a similar story to the Kings. I could see them making it all the way, not to the Finals, because they have Nuggets versus Knicks, obviously. But I see them making yeah. top four or top eight.
0: Ooh, One last weird thing about the NBA, and I don't know if this is just a weird coincidence, but they've always been teased for that – players worry about load management, they don't want to play as much minutes and all that stuff, and that they sort of – it's not that the regular season doesn't matter, but it's almost like the players don't try and go 100%. And now that it is playoff season, usually players will go 100%. Injuries are up massively through just one game in the NBA playoffs, which is a little interesting to see whether that has any correlation to the fact that players haven't been trying 100% and now all of a sudden it's like, all right, time to go, and guys are getting hurt. Or it could just be a weird, fluky thing, but just something to keep an eye out for throughout the rest of the NBA yeah. playoffs. Who is going to remain the most healthy team? Because I assume that's the team that will end up going all the way to the finals.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's definitely something to keep in mind. I'm like, I'm. that goes back to, again, our debate about refs in and, yeah. and the playoffs. Should they be calling things? Should they be protecting the players? But I guess we'll see. As I mean, a lot of um, series, they've only played one game, so I'm like, the injuries are very interesting. But, again, I think it's that added extra level of intensity that yeah. really ups um, ups the odds and the stakes of every game that leads to more injuries. Mm-hmm. But moving on from the NBA, just going to talk about shortly some NFL news that's happened. Jalen Hurts today just signed a contract extension to become the highest-paid player in the NFL. So his contract breakdown is five years at total $255 million dollars which means it's a $51 million AAV, and he also has a no-trade clause and over $179 million guaranteed, and I believe he becomes the third-highest player with the amount guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Number one, obviously, we have Deshaun Watson. Yes. <laughs> so, nice. Your thoughts on this extension, Dylan? Well,
0: it's also one of the things. It's a record-breaking contract that's the highest AAV annual annual – average value. I think that's mm-hmm. what that for season it's fifty one, which just beats out the previous high Aaron Rodgers was at forty nine million dollars. No. Um but basically
1: still no movement.
0: The person who's still no movement on Aaron Rodgers, the person who should be the happiest about this contract, aside from Jalen Hurts, who now is living <laughs> in a boatload of money, and the Eagles because now they have their franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. It's Lamar Jackson. Because they yeah. have similar style of yeah. play, yeah. they run the ball a lot, and Lamar is arguably more proven of a yeah. player than Jalen Hurts. So he can now go to, whether it's the Ravens, or he continues to shop himself elsewhere like he's trying to do, yeah. and say, that's now my model contract, Yeah, match it. The yeah. only thing is, does he want this high AAV, or does he want the guaranteed Deshaun Watson money? Because... Jalen Hurts obviously went with a uh, give me the most possible money I could earn rather than the most guaranteed money. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see which one Lamar goes off of. There's a rumor out there, according on the Pat McAfee show, that the Ravens offered Lamar Jackson $200 million in guaranteed money today, which wow. would not be as high as Deshaun, but is still a yeah. serviceable, really solid contract yeah. offer by them. We'll see what happens. Yeah. As you just mentioned, this is the first ever player – To receive a no-trade clause in his contract for the Philadelphia Eagles in their long storied history, but really good to see one of the young players in the sport getting and deserving a big solid contract. Look at me, pro players for once!
1: Wow, yeah, Dylan is pro players for once. (laughs) I will say, I feel like it will be somewhere in the middle for Lamar Jackson. I do think Mm -hmm. he gets a higher guarantee number, and I think his contract might be around two fifty-five as well, maybe two sixty. I think it's going to be. I think he's going to take or maybe maybe he'll do a slightly lower aav like 50 million aav mm-hmm. but i think he'll be signed longer term maybe and i think his like the amount guaranteed will be higher so i think he'll take a discount on the total contract or aav value but the guaranteed will be higher yeah and then also we wanted to talk about that there's a potential new commanders owner and josh harris with the sales of team at 6 billion dollars the sale does still need to be finalized and there could still be a few other bidders in there but josh harris seems like the number one he is the current owner of the new jersey devils and also the sixers who both teams of which dylan did not support No. (laughs) (laughs) but i remind you um what are your thoughts on this new sale i think it's about time they like i think dan snyder their previous owner might be like the most hated man in all of nfl
0: well, it's just, there's so many things wrong with that team yeah. right now. Yeah. You could even argue that like everyone thought at the time the Redskins name had to change. Yeah. And however you stand on that issue, take it with what you want to. But the weird thing where they for like two years didn't have a team name yeah. and they transitioned to the Washington football team, there's a difference between how the Cleveland Indians now Guardians handled their situation and they said, okay we realized we need to change because political and all that stuff, that's why they needed to change from the Cleveland Indians. But they said, let us take our time to come up with a good team name rooted in their city's history. I think it was like Cleveland Guardians. They have guardian statues outside their city walls, whatever they decided there. <laughs> but they didn't go to the Cleveland baseball team for a year. Yeah. They like said, we know this is wrong. We will change it. Give us time. Yeah. The commanders seem to just base off of pressure, which is weird because Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder and co. don't really usually fall, fall to pressure. They usually no, just stick in their ways. They but do. this is one instance where they did fall. Fall's not a good word for it, but they did sort of like. Concede. Yeah, they conceded. Wow. But they had a fake name for two years. There have been scandals occluded with the team. There have been, as you mentioned, surveys that say they have the worst facilities, the worst accommodation. So it just seems like the whole dysfunction of the organization, fish rots from the head down, there's your head, time to chop him off and basically give the Commanders a new start. I mean, if Josh Harris wants to make a big commitment, they could use a new quarterback, Lamar Jackson's just sitting out there yeah. if I want to make that connection. Yeah. But um, if you're a Commanders fan, you should be celebrating this sale massively. I
1: mean there's like not even just talking about the like horrible team facilities and lack of accommodations. I mean what was it like 40 or so women came forward saying that they were sexually assaulted or harassed or discriminated by Snyder and other male executives and colleagues and players since 2006 at least and then financially I mean Snyder like I don't even know what's going on with his asset management or his balance sheet apparently he's really in depth and he's he's just like he might be undergoing criminal charges at this point um but the team finances have been horrible and honestly thank goodness he's out because <laughs> commanders have really been have really really done so poorly mm-hmm. and it's time for a new but like who else to better take over than Josh Harris, who I yeah. feel like is loved by so many people. So I'm like, that would be a great turnaround for the franchise.
0: They also, I believe, have Magic Johnson in their ownership oh, group, which is another wow. familiar, fun face yeah, to is throw fun. in there. It's also interesting that the Denver Broncos sold for, I believe, it was $4 billion. Yeah. So I don't know the how all of sudden, I guess maybe inflation. Yeah, or like D.C., I guess they could be arguing, is a better market. Yeah. I don't know, it's an interesting scenario, but I mean, if there's an offer on the table for $6 billion,
1: Good think, for Dan yeah. Snyder.
0: Take it and run and yeah, get out of the NFL. never. I,
1: we don't want to see you ever again. <laughs> um, but that kind of wraps up most of what we were talking about. The MLB was pretty quiet this week. Um, and Formula One, you know I have to always <laughs> root for Formula One. They Their next race is until April 30th, like I mentioned last podcast. But I would like to say, Dylan, remember last uh, time when you said you would – No Formula One. By the next U.S. race, Mm -hmm. you do still have some time. I do. The next one is Azerbaijan. Okay. April thirtieth. Okay. But then the next one is Miami, May seventh.
0: So I have four weeks. It's April seventeenth. Yeah. Two and a half. Yeah. I have two and a half. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will learn what I have to learn (laughs) in two and a half weeks. What what I need to qualify as understanding it, we Mm -hmm. will figure out. But I'm a man of my word, and by May 7th, I will know (laughs) what Formula One stands for.
1: And with that, that's all we have to talk about.
0: So thanks for listening. We will be back again next Wednesday as usual. So for Dylan and Caroline, the turf is burned.